0: Let's take you back to 2001. We've just had the attacks on the Twin Towers in New York and the UK and all its army bases are on high alert. Jeff Gray was 17. He was from Hackney in East London and he was serving at Deep Cut Army Barracks in Surrey. He was a trainee soldier and he died of two gunshot wounds to the head. Was Jeff shot by another recruit? Was he killed by an unknown attacker? Did he take his own life? More than 17 years after he died, his family is learning the truth about what happened in his final moments. This is the third case to be brought to fresh inquest following the deaths of the so-called Deep Cut Four. Private Sean Benton, Private Cheryl James and Private James Collinson, whose family is yet to secure a new inquest, all died within a six-year period. John Cooper QC is representing the Grey family, Jeff's mum Diane and dad Jeff Senior. I'm Kyle Ark, and along with fellow journalist Barry Kevins, we'll be bringing you all the latest from the inquest into Private Gray's death. We'll bring you the highs and lows from court each week. We'll help you understand what's happening and who the key players are. We'll hear about underage soldiers drinking alcohol, security incursions on the camp, and an anonymous letter sent to the family's legal team in the final weeks of preparation. And we'll hear much, much more. The inquest is expected to last for more than six weeks at Woken Coroner's Court. We'll be there every step of the way. This is Deep Cut, The Inquest. So Barry, well let's start this week's podcast with the fact that you've had a a thank you from the coroner. A little unexpected turn of events, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think from the number of people who are now reading the website i think and sharing what we are what's being produced from it is generating more interest in people who might have something to offer so somebody got in touch through the website and i have passed them on to the coroner's officers who are now going to be looking into it and they're actually going to be
0: sort of formally i guess investigating what this person or people were kind of saying and verifying their you know they are who they say they are and their situation and what they may or may not have heard or seen
1: yeah in the same way that anybody who comes forward to the coroner would go through that process as well but this is somebody who's who's approached me through the website and the coroner has instructed his officers to investigate so i can't really say too much more about it but th- there may or may not be something coming from it
0: and just obviously in reference to the website it is Deep Cut Inquest dot uk and there is a bank of of articles on there that sort of essentially follow pretty much day by day don't they through through the court proceedings in terms of what's sort of been happening in, in court since the last podcast there's been i don't know i guess you sort of said almost a, a kind of dispelling of these myths or sort of some of the things that have maybe surrounded you know what may or may not have happened to to jeff and and at Deep Cut just talk me through a little bit about that
1: and that's what the inquest process is for you know it's supposed to be an inquest so it's supposed to be investigating all of the aspects of, of somebody's death and then reaching a conclusion so because we've had so much time between the deaths and now the second inquest a lot of myths and a lot of stories have kind of grown up and maybe got legs that once they get investigated in, in the inquest itself and maybe don't look as strong as they might have done previously so they have. Kind of Debunking and and slaying of myths is something that's happened in both the previous inquest and in this one too. So the kind of time that it would take to go into every, every aspect, every detail of each story is not something that we've got time for. But is this is what the inquest is for? It's for going through these various aspects and pulling them apart. So uh,
0: and, and and ultimately, hopefully, getting to the truth of. of As close as is possible to the truth of what actually happened.
1: And one of those that we heard this week was uh, involving a man called Billy Murphy. Uh, Had some dealings with Jeff on the night that he was killed. And his part in the story has has grown over time. And he was a civilian fire officer who started working for the MOD in 1979, I think. And he was... Variously described as a civilian fire officer, an industrial firefighter instructor, we got a bit about his background from Mr. Moss from the MOD. He joined the MOD in '79 and had various postings in Scotland and in England.
0: He was known around the camp. He was he would have involvement with the trainees and, and he would be quite involved with the soldiers at Deep Cut, wouldn't he, on a, on a regular basis?
1: Well, you would have thought so, yeah, um, but that really wasn't gone into very much, I think, as an instructor he would have had, but that wasn't explored.
0: It was more about the actual what had happened on the night.
1: Yeah, so on the night that Jeff is killed, Mr Murphy comes back from afternoon, early evening, drinking in the a- in a pub and watching football, uh, gets involved in an argument at the, at the gate with the soldiers that Jeff was on with uh, to do with his pass about whether or not he was going to be allowed back into the camp because he lived at the uh, officer's mess but had a civilian pass. So trainees at the gate who were guarding it that night weren't convinced by his... Credentials, so there was a bit of an argument, and eventually it was sorted out. But not before there was a fairly free and frank exchange of views. <laughs> he apologised for uh, a litany of abuse that he was dishing out to the trainees yeah. at the gate,
0: and it sounds like there was there was a pretty terse exchange in court as well surrounding that
1: yeah like I say these stories have to get examined as thoroughly as possible and Mr Cooper didn't give him an easy time of it you know he was robust and to be fair to him Mr Murphy was very apologetic and points at some stages clearly upset by the whole thing as well
0: now there's also uh, the unmasking shall we say of the, the mystery major uh, has happened this week just tell us a little bit about this uh, this this major at the time who was surrounded with such mystery with regards to, uh, to what happened that
1: night yeah well this is another example of where going back and trying to find people later on isn't as easy as it might sound but he was found about 10 months after i think by surrey police who took a statement from but when they found him that's what they called him the mystery major he was there at the gate at the same time as mr murphy and witnessed that exchange as well but one of the problems with that is that the timings are all off so it's hard to say again because you're going back so many years but it's difficult to match up the timings for all the various stories so it's difficult to say when people arrived because other witness accounts don't necessarily corroborate what they say which
0: is in in part due to the passage of time isn't it it's been an issue that that's that comes up time and again it's partly
1: it's partly that and it's also i think partly because people just get things wrong and you know unless statements are taken right there and then. Even ten months down the line you can get things wrong. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's going to be difficult to create an accurate timeline based on witness statements because they don't match up. They also don't match up with the written documents that we do have. The logs and occurrence books that remain from the, the guard room that night don't necessarily back up what everybody says. So... Mm-hmm it's it's very difficult to create an accurate timeline then
0: but it does seem as though it's sort of been uh, fairly well agreed in court uh, from your article sort of this week in terms of the the level of confusion and chaos that there was surrounding what happened that night and um, sort of after people had heard this rapid gunfire not knowing you know how many shots had been fired where exactly it had come from what exactly had happened there was this this sort of sense of confusion and chaos and and quite a lot of fear on the camp and that that doesn't seem to be in huge dispute does it
1: i mean i think the level of fear amongst the trainees is probably understandable given the mm-hmm. context i mean this is september 16 17 which mm-hmm. is you know days after the twin towers are attacked in New York, so everybody's rightly keyed up. And you know, if you remember back to then, the, the world would literally changed completely. So it's not—it's understandable that the sound of gunfire in the middle of the night would would uh, freak people on. out. But, yeah, and the, the confusion and chaotic response to it. Again, you're dealing with trainees who don't have the level of experience that you might expect from a professional soldier, and they're all more or less just straight out of basic training so none of them has ever come across anything like this before. And the confusion builds because there were two searches for Jeff's body which failed to find him. So the confusion and fear and chaos builds from that because you could understand that hearing gunfire around an army camp probably isn't that unusual. But at that time in the early hours of Monday morning, when you wouldn't imagine the ranges to be being used, and coupled with the fact that you've had increased threat level on the back of the World Trade Center, you can well understand why there'd be fear and confusion and chaos, which is what has been described by various witnesses, including people who were in positions of authority on the night. One of the sergeant majors said that she used the word chaos, and confusion is what you would expect, I think.
0: Now, in terms of what is sort of expected in court over the coming days, What are you sort of expecting is going to come particularly from the family QC?
1: Well, we're getting right into the nuts and bolts of it now, the nitty gritty, the people who were there at the time and who were on the stag with Jeff. And, you know, we should be getting some more detailed accounts of what was going on and hopefully a bit more on... What might actually have happened. So the main witnesses are coming up probably this week and then we're going into next week and the week after as well. So there's plenty more to come, but I think the build up is, is over now and we're into the, the the main body of the inquest now. I think.
0: And who do you think will be the important witnesses that will be sort of coming out this week? What are we kind of expecting to to actually hear in terms of you know those who were near and around Jeff at the time on the night that he died, who we haven't heard from yet?
1: When he went out on this second stag, so his guard duty is overnight and the first two-hour stint is nine to eleven and then there's a a two-hour rest period and then he goes back out again for the one to three slot and the other soldiers that he was out with on the the one to three slot will be in this week a female private and uh, another male private who were sent out to the same gate with jeff and we'll be hearing from them this week
0: great so lots more to come still kind of piecing together essentially, isn't it? It's still pulling those different elements of the of the jigsaw puzzle of the story of of what happened on that night and sort of putting a little bit more detail onto it Mm
1: -hmm. well ultimately this is the this is the coroner's job and it's not easy as I said it's always hard to put the pieces together and make a coherent narrative but we're starting to get to the people who were really there and hopefully we'll get some more detail this week
0: well we will be updating the podcast weekly you can subscribe on iTunes and on all of the main podcast platforms we'll be discussing the main points of evidence from the past week and we are of course interested in hearing from you if you served at Deep Cut if you knew Private Jeff Grey do follow us to keep up to date on all of the main points of evidence from working Coroner's Court here and on Twitter. Deep Cut. The Inquest.